0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network This is the Armchair Cricket podcast Hello all Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on desk cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host, Ajit. In today's podcast, again, we will sort of finish off these last couple of episodes arc where we're discussing the recently concluded T20 World Cup won by England. To help me unpack the final and the fallout, uh, if it can be such a thing, for the other teams in the tournament, I have a really special guest, Srini from the Yellow and Blues Cricket Podcast. Hello, Shini. Welcome to Onsha Cricket Podcast.
1: Hello, Ajit. Good to speak to you and good to be on your podcast.
0: As I said, I think uh, we have a nice rapport, me and you, when we talk about cricket. And I would like to continue doing this as often as possible, as time permits for the two of us. So, as I said, uh, we can get straight away into the Cricket World Cup Finals. So, any surprise at all that England won ahead of Pakistan? No,
1: no surprise. I mean, I will, I will put it out there in terms of you know, I didn't watch the finals completely. You know, in bits and parts. More because of the fact I was, I was still depressed by the fact that you know, India got thumped by England in the semi-finals. Yeah, that that did hurt. I think ah,
0: for a fact. No, I mean, I won't blame you, and I think many India fans would have felt exactly the same a bit let down, a bit betrayed, even that, you know, the team always makes the knockouts, right? You'll be there or thereabouts, you'll come to the final, you'll come to the semi-final. I mean, if you look at the last seven to eight world uh, tournaments, India have always been there or thereabouts, but then they let, let themselves down. On one day, something goes wrong, bowlers don't turn up, the total is not enough, the batsmen don't turn up. One thing or the other lets them down and, well, they get knocked out, right? So, let's First of all, just take a quick look at the final And I mean, look, the way the way England had beaten India black and blue, you would imagine they were the favourites going into final. But as always, right, as the saying, the, one of the truisms in cricket, a cornered Pakistan is a dangerous Pakistan. A Pakistan on the, let's say, uh, rejuvenation drive is a very, very dangerous one. And you would think this would be a very interesting contest. So right at the top, England got what they wanted. They wanted Pakistan batting first. They achieved that. so They were so confident in the in chasing any total Pakistan would be able to put up, even against that very competitive fast bowling lineup that Pakistan brings. So, I think right at the top, Mohamed Rizwan tried. He couldn't get going. And then Babur Azam, well, he did his customary role scoring at about 110-115. But I think the failure of Mohamed Harris may have hurt them quite a lot.
1: Yeah, that is. The the thing to look at this is like, you no, know, unlike the semifinals, this game for England was actually won by the bowlers rather than the batsmen. You know, you mentioned like, you know, the beginning about um, India being there and thereabouts in, in ICC trophies. England have obviously been also been in, in kind of knockout phases in the last six, seven years sort of thing. And the whole cricket's probably been built more on their attacking batsmen um, and, and I, I looked at this particular final as more like, you know, England's batsmen versus Pakistan's bowlers because I, I would have said those were the two real strengths in each team. Yes, England had good bowlers, but I, I think Pakistan had a better bowling attack. So from a batting perspective, England had better batsmen. So, you, so you, I, I know what you mean by saying, you know, um, England got Pakistan to bat first. And again, same thing, Mohamed Rizwan and Babur um, Azam, you would say like, you know, other than the semi-finals against New Zealand, they really hadn't done that, that that's been their Achilles heel throughout this tournament and going back as well, you know, the middle order really didn't get to do much because they wasted or the middle order had a lot of thing and Shan Masood mm. did come and sort of think. But then similar to the truism that you said about a cornered Pakistan, it's also true, but there is always a collapse in Pakistan, you know, just around the corner. <laughs> and that that came, you know, going from at one point, where were they something like 85 for four to like you no know, suddenly in the next 50 runs that completely yes. like you know
0: collapsed? You bring up a good point. They were eighty-four for two when Baba Rasam was dismissed. And at eleven hours, eighty-four for two, with you know uh, an inform Iftikar Shadab and Nawaz to come, you would think maybe they could even top one sixty or one seventy. See, the same total that England chased down with ease right in the semi-final is a different beast in the final, right? 170 is a very reasonable total. That could very well have happened, but that didn't. Again, here, lot of credit to Rashid. Basically, you know, he dismissed Babar Azam at that point in time. Again, 4 for 22 Adil Rashid was, you know, he was expected to bowl his oars up front in the first half already. And what England really... Uh, really planned and executed well was how they used Adil Rashid's overs throughout the tournament, actually. He, he appeared to be not much in form, but he looks like a different bowler in the back end of the tournament because, one, he discovered his form and his confidence, but I think he was captained really well, right? He had the right backing on the field. His captain knew what Rashid wants, where he's going to bowl, and what sort of fields were required for what sort of batsman. See, a leg spinner is a tough bowler, The art—it's the artist stuff—and if you are not careful, you leak a lot of runs. If you are not captained well, and putting the ball there or thereabouts is anyway going to be a challenge. But even if you were to master it, you need an understanding captain for that. So there, I think a lot of credit to both Butler and maybe Matthew Mott, the coach off the field, right? That they got that—they got that right. They knew Rashid is going to be their trump card come the back end of the tournament when the pitches are a bit more dry, bit more tired, because. This pitch was also like it was also I think second or third time it was being used at red. Right? At least it was used once for India-Pakistan game already in the league stages and maybe again later. So the pitch was tired and there you go. See, when you look at it, even in tactics, I think Pakistan were sort of out-thought even before they entered the field. If you look at it, I was surprised to see Chris Wokes keep his place, frankly, in the final. Maybe because he could bat, they kept him. Chris Jordan was introduced only in the second half of the tournament. He did really well. Rashid kept growing. And, of course, like the revelation, that is Sam Curran. I mean, he was rightly the man of the match. Uh, first spell, 5-for-1. Two overs. Second spell, 7-for-2. Two. Two, like, two overs. That's crazy good bowling. And, basically, the second, the last quarter... Of their innings was where Pakistan lost the game, right? What you rightly said, that collapse. So to take out once Shan Masood and Shadab again put on a partnership of forty or so, like one twenty one for four. Again, they were looking really dangerous that stage. But then from there, they lost in the next eight runs, or next, let's say in the next eleven runs, they lost all those, you know, four wickets, and that was the real problem. So uh, for you, then once the England team came out to chase. What would have been your thoughts if you were the Pakistan management, and Pakistan bowling lineup?
1: Uh, yeah, I think getting getting Alex Hales and Josh Butler out, and and it started well in that way. You know, that delivery from Shahin Shah D to get Alex Hales, it sort of put the cat among the pigeons, you know, is in 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 that way. And it thought, right here we go, and like you know, the bowling attack, and and especially like you know, Shashfri Shah D started. Why, well, as he came into the tournament, you know, just on the back of an injury, and he he wasn't in the greatest of the form in the first. It it looked like you know, over the tournament he had kind of got into form and he was there. Uh, I know again he got injured, you know, during mm. the tournament. Barbarism Azam of said that that was one of the things that did cost him. You know, he didn't. I mean, ultimately he didn't end up bowling his his entire quota of over. So who knows? Given the fact that the innings actually went up to the 19th over, mm. it one thirty eight was never going to be a challenge in total, but you never know if, if one team who could kind of potentially defend that, you know, with a full inform Afridi and, you know, not injured, etc., they may well have been pulled it up. But that was probably the one for me in terms of looking like, you know, how would Afridi do? And to be fair to him, like you know, he did produce that straight away in the very first over, picking off mm. Alex Hales.
0: That injury to Afridi was the turning point. I mean They required 41 of 29, right? I mean, he tried to take a catch and got injured. It was not even during his bowling. That was unfortunate. And it looks like he's going to face another long layoff on the sidelines. Poor guy, another three, four months. He's young. He's, he's, He's going to be stronger for this. But I mean, that's very unfortunate if you look at it as a bowler. But in the context of that game, the next eight or 10 balls really decided the game for England, right? So, 29, 41 of 29. And then... The five balls that Iftikar Ahmed bowled, they took 13 runs. Especially Stokes, who were completely... You know, he looked at all, let's see, he was scoring at yes. a strike rate of 70 by that stage, right? He suddenly seizes the moment. He hits a six and a four of Iftikar Ahmed. And in the very next over, Moe Nelly hits the first two balls for fours of, I think, Mohammad Wasim. That's it. The game was over at that stage. Because, see, this is what I felt, right? by giving themselves a total under 140, England gave themselves a chance of coming back into the contest, even if they were to fall behind. In a chase of 170, you may never never have that opportunity if you fall significantly behind. In this case, even though they were sort of slightly behind, they were able to make that comeback thanks to the total being so low. And of course, you see Ben Stokes, come at the war, come at the man, we've heard it all, but I think he was very close to imploding, I thought. I mean, he looked really frustrated. He was unable to get the ball away. And maybe he got a bit of a, you know, luck that uh, suddenly Afridi uh, had to go off and Iftikar had to finish the over.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you, if you looked at it, like, you know, all of the other Pakistani bowlers, um, they were, like, you know, sort of under eight, you know, in fact, Nasim Shah was probably the only one you know, who went, like, you know, to an economy rate of seven and a half, the rest of them, but Mohamed Basib and Iftikar, mm. that was the two-week link, um, you know, where England really took it on and, even, even if those two of them, if you look at it, like, again, as you say, if they had a 170 total,
0: mm.
1: England would have had to go, you know, against Nassim Shah, against Haris Rav, Shadab Khan. They would have had to go against all of them, you know, Shahinshah Shafridi as well. I mean, Shahinshah Shafridi, he, like, the two overs that he bowled, he went just for 13. And I right. think in the final, like, sort of, two overs, 13 is like, you know, if he had bowled the same two overs for 30, that that just shows you the comparison you, you just picked up around. He bowled mm. two overs for 13 was a Siftika Ramad bowl less than an over for 13, you know, which was <laughs> basically Shenshoff for this one. So, that's where, you know, the game
0: turned. Look, also the other thing, I mean, I thought they were always going to respect Haris Rauf. They gave him two wickets. So, look, they had an untried middle order in, a, in 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 many ways, right? Phil Salt was new. He didn't get a bat in the semi-final. Harry Brook has not really shown in this tournament. And then Moinelli was your hope and Ben Stoke. So, the Again, it was so crucial. Ben Stokes stayed till the end. I think he knew it very well. If Ben Stokes had been dismissed even by the fifteenth hour, I had a feeling England were going to lose. You know, it would have then fallen on Sam Curran, Vokes, and you know Livingston. Livingston is always there, but again, he had not done a whole lot heading into this final. Right. So there was a bit of you know, a chance element there, which Pakistan would have hoped to have exploited had Shaheen Shah bowled his full quota. And you know, Mohammad Wasim, you would expect he would be targeted in this lineup because Rauf is bowling really well. Naseem Shah, I think, was really unlucky. Haris Rauf finished his spell really well. But Naseem Shah, I think, 4 or 30. I think he had 15 or 16 dot balls in that 30 runs. It's, it's very unfortunate that he couldn't probably win the game. But, you know, Naseem Shah for me, look, when Hasnain and Naseem Shah burst out onto the scene, I was always more excited about Naseem Shah than Hasnain. Hasnain looks like, for the lack of a better comparison, like um, Umran Malik. He has the pace. But he still doesn't have the control. But on the other hand, if you look at Nasim Shah, he's a very intelligent bowler. And at 2021, look, between him, Shahin Shah, Afridi, you can imagine these two bowling and opening a test match attack. Right? This will be quite something. And Mohamed Wasim a bit unlucky to go for a tap. Shadab Khan, again, you see, they played him out, literally. Shahari Israf, Shadab Khan, the plan was to play them out. I think Phil Salt and like Harry Brook were given instructions: just play these guys out comfortably. When the time comes, even if the required run rate is eight or nine and over in the last four overs, we'll make it up. We'll hit the fast bowlers, right? It more or less was according to plan. If you're an England player, and I mean we all talk about that one over, right, where Nasim Shah beat uh, Butler four times, then he had to defend the last ball, and then there were one four runs for White's, and then one six which he scooped. You know, I remember reading somewhere online. Would Indian fans have forgiven their Air quotes star batsman if he had gone for such a stroke and made a mistake? Sometimes I think a lot of uh, a lot of pressure is put on our players by our own fans because our fans, our players are expected to be infallible. Like Butler was going nowhere in a hurry before that shot. He was scoring at run a ball. That stroke made him, you know, get to a decent strike rate. Right. Without that, if you can imagine, if he had gotten out on that ball, he would have gotten out with a strike rate of 104 or something. Do you think Indian fans would have been as forgiving? Because I think that that fearlessness is what really gives you this England team, and this it shows you what they are made of. And really, that fearlessness is what won them the trophy. If you ask me.
1: Yeah, and and to answer your question, the answer would be no. I mean, I obviously <laughs> followed uh, being in England, like you know, the last six seven years, you know, when. Morgan took in twenty four fifteen, and they limped out of that World Cup, you know. And then mm. and he came in and said, "We're going to change." You know, this fearlessness is going to be. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier about England being batting strength. You know, that's the thing he bought in. And there have been some spectacular collapses um, during. If if you looked at England's white ball over the last seven years, there mm. have been some matches where there have been spectacular collapses because England have gone chasing like that, and. Mm. His response, you know, on Morgan's was always like, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I don't think, as, as you say, like, you know, Indian fans would expect um, our players to be infallible. It's it's a case of, like, you no, know, wanting to have our cake and eat too. You know, like, you know, it's never going to happen if a batsman goes, like, you know, um, 10 games. Mm-hmm. Chances are, like, eight times if you succeed, or see, even six times you succeed, and four times you fail, you should be able to take that. But I think we almost expect, like, you know, you to succeed... 10 out of 10 times, maybe 9, but 10 out of 10 times. Even with Suryakumar Yadav, you know, it was picked like, you know, oh yeah, he did all of those things, but he failed in that semi-final. And mm. you think, well, it is not possible for any batsman, even the great Tendulkar, to have like, you know, sort of succeeded throughout his entire career. You know, 200 test matches, he didn't succeed 200 test matches. Um, and, mm. and that's that's something I, think, I don't think our fan, and, and that's where, you know, going back to, you know, sort of, I know we're kind of slightly digressing towards India, mm. but the point about like, you know, yes, we need to have a mentality change for the Indian play openers and in terms of, you know, going hell for leather right from the beginning, because you, you think about T20 nowadays and think, you know, I I look at it from almost like the DLS concept of where it talks about resources and extra, and thing. think, well, if you've got 10 wickets 10 for 20 overs, you take a ODI match, you've still got 10 wickets for 50 overs versus, you know, you take a test match, the, the resource availability in terms of the 10 wickets is the same. But mm-hmm. then as your risk sort of changes, you know, with 20 hours, you think, you know, we can afford to lose uh, a wicket every two hours. And, you know, it's the same thing, you know, but if you do score like 20 runs every two hours and afford to lose, then we will end up scoring $200. You will take $200 any day mm-hmm. versus saying like, no, oh, no, we need to hold on the wickets. We don't lose them and get to like, you know, 130, 140 for six or 140 for seven, it's irrelevant, kind of thing. That's that is the way England bat, you know. They say, like, you know, happily take 200 all out over um, 140 for five, and that's that's the difference, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, and that fearlessness, you no, know, the, they have now set the template of how T20 cricket will be played. You know, let's go to our other discussion point. India, where are the India team going from here? So if you look at the squad from India that played the semi-final, right? Kale Rahul, Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, uh, Yadav. So I see at least four or five of these people not play many more T20s for India from here on in. So for me, Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, even Shami up to a point, Bhuvi, Bhuneshwar Kumar may not play too many games anymore. Panth. Pant will play. DK is out of the picture now, I think. DK had his uh, time in the sun once more, but he couldn't make much of it, which is unfortunate. And Ashwin, I think, will still stay in the picture. For me, Aksar Patel will stay, even though uh, Jadeja will come back. He'll be something. Arshdeep is the future, you would think. Mohamed Shami might be saved for some key games in ODIs and tests, right? He's also on the other side of 30. And Bhuvaneshwar Kumar, I think, may have played his last World Cup, according to me. And I think India got their balance wrong when they did not give Yuzi Chahal even one game in the World Cup. At least in the semi-final, I expected him to have come in uh, Aksar Patel's place, actually. But, okay, I would like to hear your thoughts of where this India T20 team is going.
1: Where this India T20 team is going, I mean, I looked at, you know, uh, the Indian bandwagon moves on you know, so very quickly at the end of the... World Cup. They are already on to New Zealand on Friday. They play the first T20 in New Zealand, and obviously the team's been announced there. A lot mm-hmm. of players, if you like, you know, um, the, the ones that you mentioned, you know, um, right. Arshdeep, Dinesh Karthik, KL Rahul, even Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, five to pick, you know, or not on that um, tour to New Zealand mm. uh, with Hardik Pandya under uh, captaincy. And and that's that's almost where I would like to see, like, you know, the India team moving, you know. Hardik Pandya, um, as opposed to, like, you know, Rohit Sharma winning the titles within MI, I think Gujarat um, Titans win in the IPL under Hardik Pandya's captaincy mm. is is so much more in terms of he pulled the team together, like, you know, they weren't the superstars that MI had uh, with GT, I think. I would almost move the captaincy, like, you know, Hardik Pandya started it mm. and carrying on. Given the fact, like, you know, we, we're, not, we're not obviously... This is, this is almost the beginning of the cycle for the next uh, 2024 World Cup, and you you start to build the team from here. Mm. Whether Rohit Sharma retires from T20 or not, I think it's time to move on. You know, if, uh, in in terms of this World Cup, you know, you you picked up BZ Chahal, and I I would have thought like you know, India weren't bold enough to, for example, say yes, they, they replaced Dinesh Karthik with Rishabh Pant, but mm. I would have probably gone and said let's let's player Shepard, as an opener, as a left-hand, right-hand combination in place of um, Rahul. Rahul wasn't, you know, pulling trees throughout the tournament, you know, again, <laughs> the, you know, there's this the thing that goes around that, you know, him being a stat padder, etc., and all of those things. Hmm. And and you look at it, like, you no, know, his last 50s in T20 World Cup has come against the likes of um, Netherlands, possibly Namibia, UAE or somebody else, like, you no, know, but he's really not got any big scores against what he would class as the stronger, bigger teams sort of thing. Mm. I would have, I would have definitely played um, Punt as an opener, because again, Punt is one of those people where I think, right now as it stands, you know, he's a play, he's a better Test player, an okay One Day player, and an average T20 player. I, I would say, like you know, mm. you would think as a modern looking at the shots he plays in Test cricket, you would think he must be a great T20 player. I don't think even he knows what his role is in T20, and that's that's probably not even defined for. Most of the players in in the Indian team, Ro- mm. Rishabh needs to have a defined role, you know, keeping a partner from a batting perspective. Um, interest, it's it, interesting to see um, when I looked at the squad. There's actually only one opener in that New Zealand squad that you know India picked, which is Shubman Gill. Right. Uh, I'm surprised Rutraj Gekodo isn't there.
0: Uh, I, I think I, Ishan Kishan will be the yes. Partner, I think Ishan right?
1: Kishan will be the opening, but mm. but I just looked at it and thought. How have we gone there with just genuinely one opening? You know, Ishan Kishan again, <laughs> you would say is a is a makeshift opener rather than. It's fine, you know, if if that's the role that they're going to give him, and you know, consistently say right, you're going to be the opener for the next two years until we get into the 2024. If that's what we are, I I'm I'm not even sure India or BCCI have thought about this and said like you no know, right, we start. I I see that a lot in kind of in England and or Australia and things like that. Where or definitely for sure in England. When mm. they look at this as cycle to say like you no know, okay this World Cup's finished 2024 let's start the cycle again, I, I, I don't know whether you want to talk about you know sort of about, um, India in terms of the ODI. You know the next thing is like the, the World Cup coming in, and I'm thinking I'm looking at the squad thinking why is even Shikhar Dhawan, he's probably going to be closer to 38 when mm. when that World Cup happens in India.
0: Now I think Shikhar Dhawan is sort of a um, he's a captain. That uh, is chosen to lead this team rather than you know Shikhar the player opener. That is required yeah. for this team. and
1: right? and, and but, but I just think that's a waste of a spot. You know, just just give Rishabh Panth the captaincy in there. You know, he's a vice captain. If that's what you've done, you mm. know, he's a vice captain for. if if Rohit Sharma isn't going there, and this this where it kind of shows to me like you know the lack of planning in the sense of thinking. Well, this is an It's it's the Ireland. Tour that India came to before the sort of ODI series in, in England, mm. the Zimbabwe series that India went to, and this one, it almost seems to be, to be like the might have been the West Indies as well, the Shekardawan beneficiary tournaments kind of thing. He just seems <laughs> to be captaining this with the second string team and going there.
0: And you're thinking, well, he also wins. He
1: it, it, it does win. But the, but the thing is, when it comes to the World Cup, unless mm. you're going to say, like, no, he's going to open for us in the World Cup at home in 2023 you might as well give other people a chance to kind of get used to like, you know, get 10, 15 games under their belt right? rather than like, you know, just pulling people in, in, in the last, last minute there.
0: No, I agree. I at least agree with part of what you say that, you know, Dhawan is sort of the mature head in that group, right? If you look at the rest of this group, there are a couple of people who are sort of also in their thirties, right? So you have Surya, you have uh, Deepak Chahar and you have Dhawan, only three people in the 30s. And in terms of match experience, not a lot. So you have Shahbaz Ahmed, who's been chosen to go to New Zealand. You have so Shardul Thakur, right? Uh, all of these people, The for me, he's sort of seen as the option that can keep a calm head. Rishabh Pant, I don't think he's ready to captain an India team yet. That's what they're building up to. Maybe in a year or two, he might be ready. I think post-World Cup, he might have more captaincy roles for India. Him and Hardik are the two people I see taking India forward as captaincy material. Maybe KL Rahul in the test matches. But for me, as things stand, I think Shikhar Dhawan has been interested with the role of sort of leading the team, imparting his captaincy experience to the people in the squad. So there he benefits or there he sort of holds on to that role. I think he also knows he may not play the World Cup. He knows he's keeping the seat warm, more or less, right? When the main people are taking rest. Once Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli and all of these guys come back, he may have to make way for it. I think he recognizes it within his own mind, but you never know, right? If you have a chance, is when you can make something count. You cannot make something count when you're on the bench. So at least that's how he thinks of it. But for me, India have never performed well when they've gone to New Zealand. So I'm more curious how this set of people who have gone to New Zealand will perform. And the last tour was an unmitigated disaster when they went to New Zealand, right? So, I'm more looking forward to that. Also, Umran Malik is in both the squads. Yeah. And I have a feeling he'll get at least one game in each format, if not more, right? I don't think he'll start, but I'm curious if he will, right? So, what are your thoughts on the rest of the squad? Washington, Sundar is there. Also, Kuldeep Yadav has been brought back into the ODA squad. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I mean, just just going back on on, on the sort of captaincy point, you know, before, uh, if Mm. I looked at the ODA squad, you know, there's Rishabh Pantres here and Sanju Samson. Mm. three IPL captains you know it, surely like you know, there is, there is experience and and I look at it and think of this thing okay there is none of the ODI series you know historically ODI series or some of them were inconsequential you just think oh yeah they're just playing for the sake of it now obviously there is the World Super League so you, you get the points rankings they all make a difference so you think yeah it, it is important you know in mm. just on the back of a T20 World Cup it, it seems irrelevant why are we even playing but I get that you know in terms of so I would have looked at it and said, like, even if India lose this ODI series, is it the end of the world? I think, I, I, just picking on your point about uh, it's always like you know we never do well there. It's an unmitigated disaster. The last one, if if we lost this, people wouldn't be like you know thinking, oh hang on, why did we lose there? So, but that would have been a good place for like you know whether you pick Rishabh Pant or Shreya Sire, for example, mm. you know as the captain to like you know for them to learn the ropes and say this is the team. You know you may not need it lead the team before the World Cup but post the World Cup you know suddenly just throwing somebody in after the World Cup with not having given them enough captaincy experience Rohit Sharma never led any of you know India's um, hmm. ODI teams and stuff T20 teams really even when you know, when Kohli was not around etc and he's been thrown in Um and the same thing you know it's kind of there
0: you have a good point I think
1: in terms of in what? terms of the overall team yeah the one I'm looking for is like you know, Deepak Chahar you know, I, I wish like you know he that obviously he got injured before the IPL last year and you know it lost most of the thing and when yeah. he came back in the Zimbabwe um, series and played well, I almost was thinking like you no know, maybe maybe he might just get on the plane to Australia especially when Uh, Bumrah got injured. Obviously, okay. they they went for Shami over Bumrah. So Deepak Char is the one that I'm looking at in terms of uh, Umran Malik. Yeah, he's he's really raw. I think there are still, these tours will help him mm. to shape, you know, uh, to improve, you know, it's just, I think Siraj is a good example to look at whereby, you know, he started similarly raw and then, you know, he's kind of, that series in England he played last year, mm. Mm. he grew into confidence and all of those things, so they they are probably the next patch if you if you look at Shabazzamad, I'm not so sure, you know, a left armer In you know, we've seen the likes of Vettori and Santner, etc. Um, Ajas Patel, probably as well, really not playing at all in New Zealand's own left arm spinners, you know, in the Rodia in T20. It's it's not really a ground for someone, even if you can really, it's probably more a ground uh, place for wrist spinners than I would say left arm orthodox.
0: Oh, they do have a wrist spinner too, they have, um. You know they have Kuldeep Yadav, but yeah, me, yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. It's probably uh, more for them rather than kind of you know Shabaz Ahmad. I, you know, his performance is probably not going. Well, I wouldn't look at it and say if he performed poorly to say yeah New Zealand give him a hospital pass. You know it's it's <laughs> not really the one there. Washington Sundar is yeah he he definitely both from you know sort of bat and ball look forward mm. looking forward to him. Shardul Thakur, to you know he's. I'm not sure. I know he made a lot of noise before uh, when the team was picked uh, mm. for the T20 World Cup that he he wasn't picked. But uh, again, I can't see him being with Bumrah back, with Jadeja back, you know, as one of the sort of, and especially with Jadeja back and Hardik Pandya, that's an interesting one. Again, he's not in the ODI squad. Uh, he's only playing the T20, you know, Hardik Pandya is not there. And I would have thought, Tradition Hardik Pandya in India, two all rounders playing in, would have given us a better balance, or mm. will give us a better balance, you know, going to the Odia World Cup. I don't know what Hardik Pandya's plans are, you know, or what the BCCI's plans are for him in terms of the white ball from an Odia, or is it just going to be a T20? Uh, because he, he's obviously not there in the test squad, um, mm. Mm. at the minute. Uh, he, I, I know he's just coming back, but I would definitely like to see him and Jadeja plays some ODIs before we get into that kind of you know World Cup.
0: They sport will. Thing. The way I look at it, they are going to play a lot more ODIs and home series as well as away. Look, the next World Cup is going to be held in India, so they're going to get a lot of op- opportunity to play uh, ODIs in the home conditions or the conditions that are really required for the World Cup. So I think we have plenty of series upcoming in February, March, and so on after before the World Cup, before the IPL as well as after. So I think that's not really a worry for me. So, uh, before we go any further, do you think Rohit Sharma may have also played his last World Cup in the T20 format? Yeah. For, well,
1: yeah? I, I uh, obviously we are not selected, but if you if I was a selector, yes, mm. he's definitely played the last uh, World Cup. I Yeah, definitely not seeing him going to um, the US in 2024. I, I'm, I'm trying mm. to remember, I think there might have been kind of a post on Twitter or something from ESPN, Crickinfo. I'm trying to remember the three players. So they had like, you know, out of the squad that played, there are mm. only three players who said, these are guaranteed for 2024, who are the other eight? And I'm thinking it's surely, I think it was Surya Kumar Yadav, Hardik Pandya and may have been Rishabh Pant. They in mm. fact didn't mm. even have Umrah on there. They, those were the only three there. Uh, and, you know, sort of saying who else, you know, even Virat Kohli, for me, may have played his last World Cup.
0: I have a feeling he'll hang up his boots after the 2024, 2023 World Cup as well.
1: Yeah, he might mm. just focus on the test um, exactly. and kind of do the white ball. Roy Sharma, hopefully, probably, he's also hoping to like get through that World Cup. Yeah, a win mm. under the belt. Both of them, you know, would be a good one. But from a T20 perspective, I think so. All right. Rahul is probably the more interesting one. Mm. Tell me. Has he played? I mean, you know, I, um, I was having this conversation with a friend and saying like, you know, yeah, uh, he, he's done for me but I don't think, you know, it's it's unfair to say he's done because he's, he's got H slightly bit on his side and he still can come back, you know, it's it's entirely up to him in terms of Pirat Kohli is a classic example of where over the last two years we, we were saying you know, mm. most people said it's time to drop Pirat Kohli, me included. I said like I wouldn't have taken him to the this is pre-the Asia Cup. I'm sure we talked about this on your podcast you know, the last or, or, or when, when we had the conversation last time around. But I personally wouldn't have right. taken him. But obviously, he came back in roaring form. So you, you guess you say, like you know, if you can give Kohli that long rope, surely Rahul should also get the long rope and hopefully he will come back in form. Um,
0: well, according to many people, he's already at the end of such a long yeah. rope. But that's okay. <laughs> I think those of us who make these sort of comments are also not looking at his performances, he did hit a 50, he did it he did have one, one more good uh, score in the series. But yeah, I mean, look, it will sort itself out for Rahul, I yeah. think. He's hes becoming more and more assertive. He just has to believe in himself. He has all the strokes. I mean, all of this have been said before. For him, he'll never be a Alex Hales. Yeah. We know this, right? He's going to be more like a butler who's going to take his time at the start, but he's going to make up at the end. But then... You need one only one of those at the top. So if Rohit Sharma is not there, if Kohli is not there, it makes no sense in also letting KL Rahul go. Right.
1: It so, depends, like you no, know, whether if, for example, Shubman Gill can transform hmm. into that player, whether again Ishan Kishan, you know, we talked about it like you no know, opening, you know, if he can transfer, it's I mean T20 is one of those things where you know you're almost on a carousel where. New players keep coming in, especially every IPL you play, like, you, know, you tend to find there's this new... I mean, take Rutraj Gekwad as an example. Like, uh, he seemed to have come and gone mm. so quickly. I'm, I'm, As I said to you, I'm, I'm surprised that Rutraj Gekwad didn't make either of the squads. I don't know if he's injured, but he's. Uh, I was very surprised to see that he didn't make either of the squad to New Zealand.
0: You're right. I mean, I think there is a lot of discussion about this also out there in the social media world, simply because of such a good form he was in the domestic trophies. Yeah domestic tournaments leading up to the uh, the selection chances, right? So uh, maybe there is something else we don't see, which is happening behind the scenes. I'm sure within a year or so, he will be a definite part of not only India's plans, but I might dare say he might even be a fixture in the ODI squad for India, right? So let's see how that goes. So now, if you were to take a quick look at some of the news from off the field, right? So we got to see that, um, now, New Zealand have sort of started making some tough decisions with their squad selections in the same series against India. You see both guptil and Bolt have been left out. Guptil, I think, did not get a single game in the World Cup. So, Finn Allen, with Finn Allen's resurgence, I think they want to give him more chances. Devon Conway has proven to be a really good, solid sort of T20 opener. But for me, no guptil in the ODI squad was a bit of a surprise, right? Again, Finn Allen is one of the openers, you know. But to see... You know, no Guttill. That, that that gives me a bit of a surprise because Kane Williamson will not be expected to open, right? If if anything, so if you look at their last ODI squad or tournament that New Zealand played against Australia, which they lost, right? It was Finn Allen and Devon Conway who opened in the ODIs as well. So maybe they want to go this way in both the shorter formats. Guttill is more or less will have to fight his way back because Daryl Mitchell has proved himself really well. And in ODS, they have Tom Latham who plays in the middle order. Because there's more time, you have Glenn Phillips anyway there. And Jimmy Nisham who will play the sort of hitting role. So, I think Gaptil will have to now really come back. Have to has, We'll have to fight back.
1: Yeah, I think Gaptil was a surprise. But uh, I suppose they're looking at, as you say, like no, give Finallan and... Uh... Devon Conway, a run of games, if you like, you know, planning towards the the World Cup, you know, in terms of mm. getting them both uh, playing together um, as an option. So that that may be the reason why sort of they're looking at uh, Ken Williamson is definitely not going to open. He's going to stick to his, you know, number three mm. um, position. One other one, you know, in terms of uh, looking at Glenn Phillips, probably move moving up the order maybe mm-hmm. is one option but i think yeah definitely it is going to be Final and devon conway give them a run of games you know, at home to see how they go all right again going back to my point about like they start seem to be like thinking starting from this series onwards planning towards the world cup whereas india have just gone yeah there's mm-hmm. a team that goes out <laughs> there and plays this odi series
0: well there is some planning i'm sure which will make itself known because i would like to think dravid and the people in charge have a slightly bigger plan and as i was saying maybe you know some people know they're keeping the bench warm or they're keeping the seats that they're occupying correctly warm and the next one was the discussion point about bolt i think not a lot of surprises really if you think right you know he has def- refused a. Uh, a contract, central contract with New Zealand. And I think pretty much he has made his intentions clear. He wants to play the next World Cup, he says. But he wants to sort of complete his playing days in uh, the franchisee cricket-like tournaments. So maybe he's going to be part of Mumbai Indians tournaments across or Mumbai or star Mumbai team that plays across different leagues. Maybe he wants to finish his career there. But uh, do you think this New Zealand team will really miss him? That's the more important question for me.
1: Yeah, I think, well, definitely miss I mean... The you know there's this um people talk about kind of uh, the broad Anderson combination, Basim Bokar combination. I think mm. Southie and Bolt, you know, in terms of as a combination, they have been very very underrated. They've performed so much well together, and you know they well in New Zealand. Have not you know? I haven't won trophies in in terms of that, but they've been an absolutely integral part of it. And you know, yes, we know like you know, sort of both of them are sort of over. They're not necessarily over the hill, but you know, kind of at the top of the curve, kind of coming down. And I, I, mm. I would have thought like, you know, up until the World Cup, Bolt would have been part of the plans, and you know, definitely playing, um, playing this. They, they, they will definitely. Maybe, maybe they thinking like you know, again, try to see like they know what Bolt offers. It's, it's, it's. You don't have to like you know, see. Okay, can what can Bolt do against the thing? You know, you just bring in. Um, was it? I think it was the. Last year, when England, um, New Zealand toured England, Bolt literally mm. came off from the, the finishing of the IPL, um, and mm. he landed in New Zealand. And the first test was like, I think less than three or four days later, when he landed. The IPL finished, and then the first test started. He came in and he started. He played straight away into that. So you know, and and he performed well. And that that's they 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 know what Bolt offers to them. You know, I. I I look at it and think, is it? It's not a case of similar to Guptil where you know he's been dropped and they said, okay, he's gone past it. I just look at it and think, like no, yeah, maybe he just needs some rest, and you know, kind of come back because New Zealand know what Bolt can offer them. They might want to see, like you know, what somebody else brings brings to the party if if Bolt gets injured, for example, just before the World Cup, you know, they need to have a backup, somebody who who they know, like you no, know, whether, whether it's your um, Adam Mell, Again, Tim Sodi is there, you know, whether it's Adam Mill, Lucky Ferguson, whoever, you know, in terms of what else can they do, Matt Henry. Exactly. That's that's probably where I look at it and think like, you know, Bolt and Kapthil are in two different places, I think, from a, from my perspective as far as New Zealand are concerned.
0: Fair enough. I think you're right. They're building Matt Henry and they've brought Adam Milne back into the picture as well. So, yeah, they're going to try out different people. Uh, at home so they they have a little bit more um let's say leeway there and they're going to use that as well and you have blair tickner uh in the t20 squad who sort of uh, been filling in for saudi or um bolt whenever they have been missing so he's he's continuing in the t20 squad there is certain amount of continuity there as well the way you, when you look at it so to finish off this topic really for you in the t20 and ODI series how do you see the results going um how
1: do I see the results going? I India will I mean the sort of test is a different, you know, in terms of I, I always look in New Zealand and think postage stamp size grounds, you know, it's it's mm. sort of with the white ball tournament, it's just uh just a lottery, you know. Yadav gets stuck in, India could easily win the T twenty I series. Um, no problem, you know. E- equally you could argue like you no know, Final and Glenn Phillips get stuck in, <laughs> it will go to the T twenty I is like, you know, for me, um up mm. in the air sort of thing. But the ODI, I'm probably more sort of, you know, towards towards New Zealand. You Ken know, Williamson will will shepherd them and kind of that stuff. Uh, I think a 2-1 probably for the ODI. T20, I think, still, at, um, I probably think it's a 2-1, two, but it could be on either side, you know, because it's, the grounds are so small mm. in New Zealand. Um, The likes of Surya Kumar Yadav and Rishabh Pantishankishan get in even, you know, it's, it's just very quickly games could be over.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm thinking actually the other way. <laughs> My instinct tells me there will be some experiments taken uh, into the T20A games, but the ODI squad under Dhawan's captaincy looks a little bit more settled. So I'm predicting India will take the ODI series <laughs> and New Zealand will take the T20A series.
1: Yeah. It will be interesting to see how that
0: pans out. Right. Well the other discussion that i wanted to uh, have is about well the retirement of a certain Kyron pollard <laughs> big match player uh, he's won a lot of games for mumbai in fact his most famous innings have come for mumbai rather than for west indies he's uh, called uh, time on his uh, t20i franchise career taken you a bit uh, of surprise taken you by a bit of surprise or
1: no i think when when you look at his last years ipl i'm not surprised hmm. you know it hmm it didn't quite go uh, yeah if you purely look at it from last year's kind of thing you no know, he was already on on it, it didn't really do at all um, a lot in last appeal. I don't think he even played many games you know the, he didn't so it's 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 not a surprise uh, at all for me you know um time mm-hmm. was coming on it and it, it, it's a bit like reminds me of a bit like malinga similarly from from mi's perspective you know hey Played and mm. then he got there and then he ended up being a bowling co- consultant. Um, Pollock's gone on to become a batting consultant for them.
0: Mm. Um, mm.
1: I yeah, people will talk about it. I had somebody like you know messaging me this morning saying like you know uh, it not really got any technique or anything and you know, it's just brute force. I I would I would rather I would probably have had that kind of brute force you know a lot of more days than the you know, sort of techniques he delivered for Mumbai Indians. And it's definitely been one of their greats. And, you know, even in in the IPL history, I think he will definitely Mm -hmm. go down as one of the greats.
0: Absolutely. Now, you have that right. I think I would like to also agree that there is power. There is also a certain amount of, you know, uh, there is a lot of finesse. I mean, you don't ever uh, forget that this was the guy who could also, you know, sometimes play those uh, innings where he had to hold hold the middle order together and then towards the end hit out. There's a lot of maturity there. I don't uh, think he's... um, I mean, he's he's not a one-trick pony when it comes to T20s, no doubt. And those people that are making these decisions also know enough about uh, what he can bring to the table. And like, there's a little bit of continuity. He stayed 13 years with the franchisee. You don't want to let go of that sort of experience only for somebody else in the same tournament to simply snap him up and tell him to be the consultant and sort of the power hitting that he brings, see, there's a certain amount of power that the individual possesses, but also there are techniques which people are taught for power hitting. And I'm I'm in no doubt that this guy knows many of those secrets as well. Yeah. I think he's grown up, uh, sort of he's the finished product when it comes to that sort of hitting school and he can get more people like him ready. So I think Suri Kumar Yadav sort of credits him with giving him those tips and getting him ready. Taking to the place where he can really be that wonderful hitter, hitter and finisher that we see in Surya today. All right, those are all the cricketing topics I had to discuss for today's episode. Well, it's
1: one, one, one point. You know, because you hmm. you, you brought in like a couple of things. But you talked about like you know the Bolt um, uh, being sort of you know MI, part of MI and you know white ball career. That, I don't know if you've seen the news in terms of you know in, in England, Will speed. Uh he's ah. kind of gone with the sort of you know pure white ball contract, but he's also again, you know, similarly uh, on the MI stables for that Emirates T twenty tournament, similar as ah. you know, um Polard as well as playing in the Emirates T twenty tournament as the MI, and then you, you, you mentioned Bolt, you know, part of the uh MI stable. It just hmm. seems to be like, you know, people aren't noticing or slightly this thing, you know, probably another a topic for another day where you know the the, the new age of um, franchise-owned cricketer, rather than you know, country or to- uh, club-owned cricketers, you know, seems to be like you know, slowly creeping in. Where again, you know, the, the, this sat 20 is starting in January, and you know, all of the IPL teams have got stakes there. MI have got team there, and you, you suddenly are seeing mm-hmm. this this you know, there's three cricketers who belong to sort of or or in the MIT Twenty at at the Emirates, or you know, in in the IPL in South Africa, potentially at mm-hmm. some point if. Things change and, you know, in England, it becomes like, you know, uh, IPL-type franchises. You'll suddenly start to see, like, you know, this emerging. But maybe it's just the fact that you mentioned MI and and could see all the three connections to MI. Discussed for another day.
0: No, but you have that right. That, you know, um, it might come to be that these franchises might actually have more of a controlling interest in the players' playing career. Much like football. Like, you know, playing for a Manchester United is sometimes bigger than playing for your own country. (laughs) and so on so uh, just to give you an example Or barcelona or whichever big club you might take
1: no uh, yeah i agree when standing of a meme you know this this afternoon it's kind of uh, if i can find it you know it was saying the world cup winners got like you know 13.84 crore the world cup runner ups got 7.4 crore rahul's mm. ipl contract is worth 17 crores so <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, okay There's a bit of uh, Sour grapes in there But never anyway, you might
1: No But, but it just gonna, some suddenly Makes you think Like you know People say uh, mm. why, why make the effort To go and win the World Cup I just play the IPL, I get 17 crores You know mm. You know there, There's those there's, there's arguments Going around anyway That's that's for another day
0: As I said No of course See you also Go play the World Cup <laughs> For uh, your country Right And not just for yeah. yourself yeah. there, There's more there But okay I, I understand I understand This top point as well all right. So, thanks for this lovely discussion, and thanks for giving you giving us your time. Would you like to maybe shout out about your latest episode of the Yellow and uh, Blues podcast for all our listeners?
1: Yeah. So, we we just released our sort of you know, World Cup review yesterday. The Yellow and Blue podcast. Now, obviously, we're looking. We we are um, as as I've said before, you know, a podcast that's kind of India focused, but also like Chennai Super Kings podcast focused. Hopefully soon we'll we'll look at the Johannesburg Super Kings, which are kind of an extended family. You know, in this SAT Twenty next uh, next year. Aha! Uh-huh. Definitely do give us a listen. You know, at Yellow and Blues, we are on Twitter as well, so just do follow us on that.
0: So I would like to once again highlight that you know the time that that we get from our uh, co-hosts is mainly because of the shared interest that we have. So. It's not just us, but we would also request our uh, listeners to go support all the other podcast hosts and other podcasters that come and help us out by giving us their valuable time and opinions. Right? All right. Thank you very much. And I wish all our listeners a great day wherever they may be listening from. And it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from my co-host, Srini. Goodbye. Bye-bye.
1: This is the Armchair Cricket podcast